it's Brandi Taylor. Welcome to the Business Beauty Network Podcast, where business meets beauty. It's not just lipstick, it's business. We will share thought-provoking conversations with business and beauty professionals. Our goal is to empower, motivate, and inspire you to take your business to the next level. Hey, hey, welcome to the Business Beauty Network podcast, where business meets beauty. I'm your host, Brandi Taylor. Welcome, welcome. I'm super, super excited to have you here. We have an awesome episode in store for you. I've been in this industry for over 16 years, and it is my goal to bring thought-provoking conversations from business and beauty professionals to help us grow our business and expand our minds. And as I would say, it's not just lipstick, it's business. So we mixed in a little fun, and we drop episodes on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. You can also subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, anywhere that you listen to your podcast as well. So make sure you check us out there and listen to it and subscribe there. Also click the bell in YouTube so that you don't miss an upload. You also want to make sure that you check out our podcast on our website at businessbeautynetwork.com. You can email us at hello at businessbeautynetwork.com. We are super excited to have you a part of this community. And here is today's episode. Hey, 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 welcome to the podcast. It's your host, Brandy Taylor. We have an awesome guest today, Amy French. Amy is the face and artist behind Amy French Beauty, a licensed esthetician of 18 years, cosmetic tattoo artist of eight years, and online beauty biz coach of two years. She was born and raised in Hawaii Islands. Amy has two Hawaii brick and mortar salon locations where she specializes in natural realistic microblading, brow shaping, and Brazilian waxing. One-on-one on her um, home island, Kauai uh, since January 2022. Uh, she uh, is AB is sued to be a uh, oh she's getting married. AB's getting married. I'm sorry. <laughs> Congratulations. Sue to be married in May. She's ready raising their nine-year-old daughter Maya on their home island, Kauai, where she's consistently trying to figure out the unicorn saying work-life balance. Oh, yes, we're all definitely trying to figure that out. Sorry, I butchered the bio a little bit, but Amy, welcome. I'm super excited to have you here. So welcome to the Business Beauty Network podcast. Welcome, Amy. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. So, Amy, before we start talking about your business and all the awesome things you're doing, tell us something about yourself that most people would not know. Well, I am an extremely introverted person. If you have been to my Instagram, you wouldn't really think that, but I really am, especially with this podcast. You know, we've been putting it off for a couple of years. And you literally came like pounding on my door. It's like, okay, now's the time. Let's do it. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah, Amy. I'm super excited to finally have you on a podcast. I mean, you have so much to share. And I get nervous sometimes too. I think I'm like the introverted extrovert. You know, like I think I have a little bit like maybe 50-50. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I totally get it. I totally get it. But I'm super excited to finally have you on today. So tell us your beauty story, Amy. How did you get into this industry? Um, well, initially, I, well, naturally, I'm a super hairy person um, with super sensitive skin. So I grew up having to wax. I couldn't shave. 
and I got waxed a lot, kind of watched how it was done, started waxing myself, started waxing my friends, and I'm like, okay, this is really lucrative. I can start making money, got licensed, and then just kind of went from there. I then started specializing in eyebrows and then went into the permanent makeup industry or realm. Um, but I didn't really like that brow tattoo style, um, which before was what it was kind of, you know, in the beginning and then microblading appeared. And so since then, about eight years ago now, it's, I've been specializing in microblading and still specializing in brows. And then I have my, a fine arts background that has kind of helped kind of intertwine all that together too. So that's kind of how I got started. Awesome, awesome. Did you ever think you would be in this industry? Yeah, I've always had um I've always had a passion for it. Like even back in like third grade, I would come early to school and like do the girls' hair and you know, do all that. And I've always loved hair. I thought I was gonna actually go into hair, but a need came first with being really hairy, so I had to take care of that first once puberty kind of hit in. So that kind of led me to waxing and then all that other stuff. So you have two brick and mortar locations now, but let's talk about like how you started out in the industry. I mean, was it easy for you to build your clientele? Let's talk a little bit about that. Um, Starting off to build up my clientele, it for me, it was kind of easy. Um, I worked for a salon before going off onto my own. Um, so I was able to actually build up a clientele then. And I was working at um, a waxing salon that just specialized in just waxing. Um, my technique, I guess, kind of, I don't know, allowed me to like shine bright. I really specialized in like speed waxing. And this was before there was a bunch of like, you know, European Wax Center and all that kind of stuff. So um, building up my clientele for me personally was easy. But then once I went on my own, all of my clients kind of came with me, um, which is how the industry is, right? You work at a place, you build up clientele, you leave, they end up following you because you have built that trust with them already. Um, so for me to build up clientele is fairly not too hard. But then once marketing and all that kind of stuff kind of comes into play that was where i struggled a little bit but that was also at the time where instagram was just starting it was kind of my space um but instagram i kind of built that up i don't know it, it was just posting pictures there wasn't much to it back then also but okay so your marketing strategy was just like posting pictures at a particular time but you must have had like something what do you think helped you retain your clients like you had clients follow you even when you uh you know relocating at your own location what do you think contributed to that definitely building trust you know and um i still have clients who have been with me for the last like going on 12 years um just that trust that we've had with each other and um also continuous delivery of quality work and um i don't know just kind of being good at a craft and <laughs> i don't know i specialize in waxing so it's all that i do and along with microblading so i've niched down a lot and i don't know 
So have you, you say you niche down, like what was the process to doing that? Because some people struggle with niching. They feel like if they niche down, they're going to miss money. Or, you know, I, I think sometimes beauty professionals feel like they need to do everything. Or maybe I should do, you know, lash extensions, you know, and brows and this. So, you know, how did you decide to niche down to just waxing and microblading? Yeah, I actually find that a lot with like people who knew like newly get licensed. They're like, I want to do this and that and this and that. But for me, niching down, I like when I was doing waxing, I eliminated like all the large body pieces. And I niched down just to doing facial facial waxing and Brazilian waxing because those two will like brows, niching down even more into the face of doing just brows. So Brows and Brazilian are two things that you need to go to someone who knows what they're doing. Um, and everything else, you can go to somewhere that charges cheaper, you know, like that you don't need that specialty technique to do. Um, so I realized that those are, you know, kind of the moneymaker specialties that I want to be known for. So it was probably about... I don't know, I want to say like eight years ago that I niched down into just doing brows and Brazilians. And then that was also when microblading came into play too. And I niched into just doing microblading because I like that technique. I like the technique that microblading is that imitates the natural hair instead of having like a solid stamp, you know, with like a powder brow. But now there's so many different techniques of powder brows and ombres that look a lot more natural, but Unlike with a microblading technique, it looks even more natural, imitating the natural hair. Um, so I've always been wanting to stick to the more natural route of appearance, like for the brow. So that's my like driving force to niching down, I guess. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Um, how do you think you stand out? Like what, what makes you stand out from everybody else in the industry in your area? Well, it really comes down to marketing, right? If you're able to market yourself, you can sell snow to an Eskimo, right? So um, a couple of years ago, I really niched down, or not niche, but I really honed into the online presence of marketing and branding and social media. Um, I started coaching, doing one-on-one -on -one coaching with a company, and um, that was my specialty of doing um social media, online presence, marketing, branding, and online course creation. And that was also during the pandemic when that was starting off that we had to kind of pivot and shift and go in that direction of being online. Um, but yeah, for me, it was all, it's for everything, it's all about marketing and doing that. Now. Yeah, so you say marketing, I know yeah, marketing is it, but like share some marketing tips with us, share some things that you've utilized within your business to grow because I think you've really tapped into this whole marketing thing, especially with the reels and Instagram and all of those things. So kind of share some over the last two years some of the, the changes that you've made in your marketing and the impact that it's had on your business. Yeah, so my branding, I've tightened up a lot. Um, also, creating content with purpose, you know, that build that trust with your audience. It's a like, know, and trust content. Um, I just a branding palette looking overall consistent, cohesive. Um, 
and then showing up, showing your face, showing up, um, showing that you're to your audience that you're human, you're not a robot behind, you know, there's a face behind the brand and people connect with people. People don't connect with like a logo or colors or a name even, you know, it's, it's human to human connection. And so I really tried to, you know, go into that space with my business and show up, although I'm kind of really shy of a person. It was really hard for me to show up. Um, but having a business, it's kind of what you have to do. And, you know, they come to you because of you, you know, they don't come to you because of, oh, she has a cute logo. But um, that was one huge thing that I did for my business. You know, I kind of took the reins and was like, hey, everyone, I'm the face behind Amy French Beauty and let's connect you know, and that's what it's all about, right? It's about that connection. And I think going back to what we were talking about of, you know, how or why have people been with you or built up your brand or clients come with you, but it's because of that connection. It's because of that trust that I feel like that I built with my company and my clientele and, you know, just showing up as human. Yes. Yes. I can see that people definitely buy for who they know, like, and trust. And, especially so a service provider, like you're providing a service. So they want to know like who is the face behind all these awesome pictures. And I think sometimes I see beauty professionals where they don't have like, you know, all their work, but you really don't see the face behind the person behind the work. And I love that you really put yourself out there. You, you know, you try to do different techniques on yourself and get very creative. And as you said before, you're an introvert. And I, I talk to a lot of people who say that, like, I don't know if I could put myself out there and do all this. You know, how did you overcome your fear of, you know, getting in front of the camera and showing off yourself and, you know, your personality and all these things that you've been doing online? It is hard. I struggle with it every day that I have to post and create content. Um, I mean, as repetitive as it sounds, it's practice. It's just practice. It's clicking, pressing that button and practicing. But I do have like three major tips that actually have like personally helped me um, to kind of show up and do all that. Um, my number one for sure for sure is a post-it note trick um which is i take a little post-it note i write on the post-it note you know like an outline of what my talk or whatever content that i'm creating is going to be about i tape it you have to use tape because post-it notes don't stick so i use a piece of tape i put it right under the camera or I put it on the side and I want to keep it at like eye level. So it's not obvious that you're like looking over at like what it's being said. Right. Um, so that's one of my major, major tips that I would, um, I would do. Um, also is I would use a filter, you know, and being an introvert, it's hard to kind of show up as yourself sometimes, you know, you kind of need that shield at first. Of course, down the line, we, we're all about being transparent and seeing like real skin now, right? But sometimes as a shy person, we need that kind of shield to kind of cover, to show up. Whatever helps you, do it, you know, but using a filter. So that would be my number two um, tip to do. And use one that like helps you feel your most comfortable and confident in. You know, whether it be a bright, shiny, sparkly thing or it just be something that totally just whites out stuff, whatever. 
whatever it takes. Um, so use a filter and then also like having an, a script, which I call um, my on-camera script outline, which I have like a little step-by-step -step of what that looks like, which is like a hook. And then you have like, a, let me see, where's my note? But so do you do you rehearse it, Amy? Um, I try to rehearse it um a couple times. Like for me, still like down the line of showing up, it takes me like probably like three to four to like a hundred takes on things. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, but like earlier today, I posted a story and it took me like a half an hour to post it and do it over and over and over, but I did it. <laughs> and I get it. I've been there. Okay. <laughs> for sure. Now, do you have a process for creating your content? Like, are you a planner? Do you batch and schedule or like, what is your content like planning? Right. I do. Batching content has been such a game changer. I batch content on one set day and I batch it for just the week. A lot of people are like, oh, I batch it for the whole month or whatnot. You can plan it out on like a content calendar to like batch for the whole month. But to actually create the content and planning out the content are two different totally things. You know, you need a full day for like brainstorming and then a full day for creation. Those are two different things. Um, so yes, I batch my content for the week. Um, I follow a, like a schedule of posting different types of content for each day, um, but that rotates. So I rotate the different types of content and then each week has a different topic. So say for example, week one, we're talking about microblading, week two, we're talking about Brazilians, week three, we're talking about aftercare or what or not. And so rotating like seven different types of content within each day, and then each type of content has its own separate way to deliver that content, that type of content. I feel like I'm saying content a lot, <laughs> but um, but that's my process for creating content. Now, what platforms do you use? Do you just stick to like Instagram and Facebook or do you have others that you use? Um, definitely my main platform that I focus on is on Instagram. Um, I create my graphics and that kind of stuff on Canva. And then, um, yeah, I will post to Instagram. That's where my main following of audience is. And then I will share it to Facebook because they're connected. But yeah. Now, now I just want to talk about this because you said it could take like a day or something of planning and, you know, shooting all this stuff when you're doing these reels. And I get it. I've sat there for a half an hour, hour trying to edit a reel. I, I totally get it. So you'll get the busy beauty pro like I'm doing brows and lashes and hair and makeup all day. I don't have time for that. What is your advice for that person? Hey, everyone, it's Brandy. I hope you're enjoying this podcast as much as I absolutely enjoy bringing this awesome content to you. Look, beauty professionals, this show is for you. And I want to make sure we can continue to bring our awesome guests and awesome information to help empower the beauty community all over the world. You can help by doing your part in making a small donation. You can check our link in the show notes and donate right on Anchor, or we'll have another link available for you to do so. Thank you so much for supporting. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and you're sharing it as well. As always, stay great. It does. It does take a lot of time. It 
Um, I would say my rec my number one recommendation is to have set templates um, for each type of content that you're planning to do. And then so you're just basically kind of filling in each template. So always have like a story template that you use, always have like educational template, always have like this template that you're just constantly kind of wash and repeat um, so that that's one thing that you're not spending a lot of time on. But act the actual content that goes into the templates. Um, some people have like done for you, you know, content, done for you captions. Nowadays with captions, it's all about being short. Nobody likes to read a whole novel, right? Me neither, so, right? <laughs> I'm not I'm not a huge reader. Um, so even, you know, we're all about the scroll, right? And within those first couple of seconds, the hook, right? It's does it hook us? Does it catch your attention? If it not, you just swipe right by. So having a long caption isn't so important nowadays. Um, but just having that hook and the main thing is, you know, you, you kind of want to tell them what you're going to talk about so they will keep watching or what the outcome is of if they do keep watching, right? Right. And it's very important. And what I tell my clients oftentimes is that you have to have a day where you work on your business and not just in your business. Because oftentimes as beauty professionals, we're so used to working in our business that we don't take the time for the marketing piece. And as you said before, like you were saying, marketing really changed the game for you. And when you really tapped into your brand and started marketing and showing up, you know, it changed things for you and your brand. And so it's important. Marketing is everywhere. You're always being marketed to. And as a business owner, a beauty professional, you should be marketing your business. And we just have to make time to do it. And, you know, put, I love like the idea of templates and there's so many different um, apps and things out there that you can utilize to to make things flow better. Like I, I would plan things out on Trello and I do have a VA that helps me plug and play some of the things there so that I'm not always stuck scheduling for my accounts and all of those things. But it is something important for sure. So thanks for, for sharing your tips with us. Yeah, Trello is amazing. And, you know, it's just an online organizational tool. And on top of that, it's free up to like mm -hmm. 10 pages. Mm -hmm. So... Um, Trello is something we utilize a lot in our online coaching um, platforms. Trello, um, Canva, of course, um, and just planning everything out, having it organized. I like to have my students, um, you know, plan at least a whole week and then keep each um, type of content under each column. If you're not familiar with Trello, you know, you kind of have cards and then you have um, like what is that word? Like um, categories. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Cars and categories for sure. Yeah. I use it like um, even for the podcast, I'm doing another podcast and like the person I'm doing this podcast with, we sharing ideas back and forth and then I'm able to upload stuff and, you know, she can see it and I can see it and we can kind of like, you know, brainstorm right there. And, um, and then there's certain tasks we need to get done. And so we can put set dates on them and that way we can keep track. So I love Trello for those things as well. So yeah, just having a plan, but it is something that you definitely need to do. Now, um, how do you go about, gathering your content is this something that you're continuously doing like your footage and all of those things is do you have a trick or a hack for that you know i your audience is who you're posting stuff for 
So I think it's really important that you ask your audience, ask them, what do you want to see? What is it that you have the most trouble with? Because as a professional, you're there to like solve their problem, right? Help solve your problem. You're the professional. So you take their insight, their, you know, stuff to, from them. And as a professional, you're able to kind of answer and give their, their answer. So talking to your audience, I would say, is definitely a number one tip to create content. Also, um, there's a website called askthepeople.com. Um, you type in a, in, a, um, in a category or a topic, and then it pops up whatever was written or typed in on the internet. It will be popped up on there, and that's all a bunch of content um, like things to talk about. Yeah, I, I, I played around with that a little bit. It's really cool. I think I, I actually found that information out about that website from a reel one day. You know, somebody was showing like a tutorial on how to give you struggling with content ideas. So yeah, ask the people. I think that is a great one to use. I've played around with that for sure. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, just ask. Just ask your audience. <laughs> what do you want to see? What do you have trouble with? Right. I was, I was, uh, I think someone was interviewing me the other day. And when you say just ask, um, I was talking about a lot of beauty professionals sleep on the power of the ask, like really asking your clients to book an appointment, you know, rebook before they leave, asking them to leave you a review or, <laughs> you know, or, you know, it's all in the ask and, um, uh, or ask, you know, asking them, for their uh, feedback even, you know, so kind of surveying the client and getting an understanding for areas where you can improve within your business. Is that something that you, uh, you know, take part in within your uh, spas? Yes, absolutely. And it just goes down to asking you shall receive, right? And um, it's so important. It's so important to ask because so many clients like, or even just in our everyday, we don't think of how huge a review is, you know, for businesses, or we don't think to ask like any, for anything. We're always like, you know, we want to give, we want to give, we kind of feel awkward in a way, in a sense to like always ask for things, but in business, it's what we need to do. If we don't ask, we're not going to get it. And, our clients are happy to share that kind of stuff too, you know, like, and it makes them feel like they're, we're, you know, we're doing this for them, right? We're not doing this for ourselves mostly, but, you know, we're, we do things to help them. We do things to, you know, make their life, your life easier on you, which is why we're here. But yeah, the power of ask, definitely. Yes, yes. Definitely great, great take on that, Amy. Thanks for sharing that. So uh, before we wrap up, I want to talk about, like, so you have two locations and you you we specialize in waxing and uh, microblading. And I know you were able to scale your business to six figures waxing. And, um, and that's a really big deal in the beauty industry when you look at it, if you just look at cosmetologists, right? Uh, like the average is like, uh, you know, under 30,000 in the U.S. or most states, right? So it's like really low. So for us, for somebody in the beauty field to make six figures, it's a big deal. So I want you to just kind of share, what do you think it took for you to scale your business? If you could give us like 
three things that you think it took for you to scale your business to six figures? Definitely niching down was a huge game changer for me. Um, you know, it's like, it's like a ear, nose and throat doctor, you know, like you go to them specifically for a specialty. You see them for this amount of time and your bill is this big, right? But, and that's for me to scale down and specialize in brows and Brazilian and microblading was what really took it to that next level. And that whole mindset of if I don't offer 10 different things, then I'm going to lose that business. But that's not true because you're just opening up time for somebody who will fill that spot with what you want to do for one thing. And then also with that, a higher ticket because you're specializing in that. So that was definitely one of my big game changers for my business. Great. Now, do you, I've been hearing a lot about memberships and things of that nature. Uh, do you have like any membership programs within your spas at all? I personally don't. Um, I've kind of teetered with that idea, but um, I haven't utilized that for my business. I'm very, I don't know, maybe I should, but I don't know. I haven't. It, I've just been, you know, doing appointment by appointment. I do have my clients because my availability is very um, small that um, I encourage my clients to book throughout the year and get their appointments in. But I haven't ever really discounted my, my um, services because when you do packages, you kind of discount it, right? To kind of you know, give a little more glitter on it. Like, hey, buy 10 packages or 10 services and then you get them instead of for this, you get it for this price. So I've never really discounted my prices and I've never had a problem with clients not booking because of a higher price point. I don't know how that sounds, but um, but yeah, I don't know. I've never- It's okay. It's your truth, right? <laughs> so if it's your truth, it's absolutely fine, Amy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know that it works for a lot of people. I just personally have never had an issue with finding clientele. Um, it's all about, I mean, here in the islands, it's all about um, the referral. You know, you kind of get one person from a group of friends and then they all start coming to you. Um, and word of mouth is huge over here. So I don't know. I Yeah, with the whole package thing, I've never really kind of tapped into it. I didn't feel like I ever needed to, you know. Mm -hmm. It's okay. But I do want to tell you, though, if it's ever something that you thought about doing, Amy, you don't have to create a discount to do it. And what I mean is, is you can have a premium package at a premium price, you know, and it doesn't necessarily have to be at a discount. Because some people just like that whole VIP thing, you know, mm. and um, and so it could be all the VIP things and all the amenities at the price and you just pay the membership and it's like a reoccurring thing. So it definitely could be done is what I would say without having a discount for sure. Right. I mean, that's a cool thought. Yes, definitely. Definitely. 
Yeah, because also you could think about adding something in that doesn't really cost you, but will add value to the client. So what will add value to the client, but it doesn't cost you, right? So, you know, and, and that could be some type of luxe package because that via that whole VIP thing. Because doing events, I was so surprised at how many people just wanted that that VIP status, right? Mm. So they would get that VIP ticket, you know, so that they could, you know, sit in a better seat you know, get a little more, you know, more services. They'll get a bag, some gifts. And they, they like that. It's the, the status, you know, the status of it. Right. So, yeah. So just food for thought. I was just thinking about that as you were saying it. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely, I mean, even just when I know, I know for myself, like when I go in and purchase things, I'm like, okay, is this everything that I, you know, is there to offer? I'm like, is there something more that I can just like get a little bit more of as like a <laughs> seat or package or anything I right like right yeah right right so yeah so now i know you said you started coaching and everything so i want you to kind of talk i know you got a few uh insta audit you know pro bio uh you know insta bio audit and you're coming up with a clinic and you're going to be doing some training so kind of share like what you got coming up what you're excited about right now yeah so when i was coaching i would do this Insta audit, Insta bio audit, and where I would have a couple of accounts be in my hot seat. And I would basically comb through your entire Instagram page from the top to the bottom. Um, and that's because a lot of everyone's Instagram isn't set up for success, basically, right? It's like, we don't realize how, um, what a big deal it is to convert or set up our Instagram to be able to convert into what ultimately is a sale, right? That's why we do what we do. That's what our marketing is for, right? It's all to convert into a sale. So if it's not set up the right way, if it doesn't aesthetically look the right way, doesn't sound the right way, then it's just kind of a waste of time, basically. Um, so I go in and I basically comb through your Instagram to set up from your name to your picture, to your bio, to what it says, to make sure your buttons look right, your, your highlights look right, as well as your grid so it all looks cohesive and basically converts into a sale. So I'm going to start doing that soon after the wedding <laughs> when I have my time. Um, I'm going to hold these free Instagram clinics and do just that just comb through instagrams and my students really love doing that and it's kind of also gives like an accountability too because we all need accountability when it comes to things if not we'll just kind of you know brush it to the side um like i do myself to a lot of things um but yeah that's kind of what's on the horizon for me right now and i do am i am going to get back into my coaching and start doing that i kind of took a little break to focus on planning my wedding but that's my instagram audit stay tuned that's i'm going to be announcing it on my instagram as well and market that <laughs> awesome awesome i'll make sure i uh you know put any information on how they can contact you in the show notes and i'll let you share that a little in a little bit but i have two last questions for you so can you share with us amy what is the biggest lesson that you've learned on your entrepreneurial journey thus far the biggest lesson that i've learned so far definitely Hmm. 
it takes grit to be able to show up. It takes grit to get, um, you know, like beaten down to come back up. Um, I think my just, yeah, my biggest lesson is that once you get shut down, you have to be the person to pick yourself back up and keep going um, and take it everything with a grain of salt because we're all constantly learning. You're never, you, you're never, you can never stop learning, right? We're always, always going to be learning. And just when you, I don't know, I feel like right when you feel like you've learned it all, there's something new that will appear. And so always be, here it is, always be a student, you know, always have that mindset as a student that you're always, you can always learn something um, because every angle from life and your every day, you're going to take something away from that and be a student of life. Yes, yes, I would agree with that. A forever student, for sure. So where do you go for motivation? Is it a podcast? Is it a book? Do you hang out in a certain place? What should we be aware of? Um, I listen to podcasts. I kind of skim around. I'm a little um, ADHD when I come to things. I'm here, I'm there. Um, motivation, definitely podcasts. I just said that. But um, I scroll a lot. Like through Instagram, I get motivation from that. I get inspiration from that. Um, I also get a lot of inspiration from my colleagues, from my clients. Um, I talk a lot to my clients one-on-one. -on -one. I ask about problems and um, I create content based on what my clients tell me and conversations that we have. Um, yeah, I don't know. Books. I, I'm not a big reader. <laughs> I understand. So, Amy, tell everybody how they can reach you and connect with you. You can connect with me on my Instagram. That's where I'm mostly playing most of my time. Um, it's at Amy French underscore beauty, A-I-M-E-E, -E, French beauty. Um, and that's mostly where I'm at. You can find me there. Drop in, say hi. Heard you on here. <laughs> also, Amy, do you have anything else you would like to share with us before we go? Yeah, I also wanted to share um, like my three steps that I kind of talked about of or not steps, but my three tips that kind of helped me show up more like as an introverted person. Um, okay. I have um, like a Canva link that I can share with you. And then, um, yeah, kind of. Yeah, definitely. So also oh, you have a, a, a link to share those those tips. Definitely. We'll be I'll make sure all of that is in the show notes for sure. We'll get any links that uh, you have. Amy French, everybody, make sure that you connect with her. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. As always, stay great and we're out. Bye. The Business Beauty Network is now on YouTube. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel at Biz Beauty Network. We plan to bring some awesome content along with bonus episodes and our weekly podcast episodes to the Biz Beauty Network YouTube channel. We hope to see you there. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast today. Make sure you subscribe. 
Check us out on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I want to hear from you. Email me at info at businessbeautynetwork.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at I am Brandy Taylor and Facebook at I am Brandy Taylor. I want to connect with you, so let's stay connected. And remember that all things are possible if you only believe. Stay great.